0: Good morning, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on Sin. I am your host, Michael. I am here in the studios with Jason, and Sam is on the train somewhere, and he'll be joining us very, very shortly. Jason, good morning to you. Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning to you, Michael. Normally, I would say uh, it's Friday, and it's clobbering time, but Sin don't operate (laughs) that way. It's Sports Desk
0: time. It's Sports Desk time. My word. There is so much sport to get through. It's been a big week of... Of news headlines with the sport, and of course, a lot of retirements at this time of the year, Jason. So we will go through the long, long list of those. Of course, round twenty-one coming up in the AFL, it kicks off tonight. Brisbane and St Kilda at Correction, Marvel it's Stadium. Round twenty-two. It's round twenty. Are you sure about that? Correction. Round
1: twenty-two. Round twenty-two. had just reviewed the week before. Of course. On Monday, uh, of uh, course. Afternoon.
0: And it's it means that all the results this round are going to hinge on. What teams finish in the top eight and finals? My word, it's coming up, isn't it? It's, it's exciting. Certainly, oh. is
1: getting clutch. And not only that, uh, we have been getting in contact with the sporting community
0: in the last week. Mike, we have, we absolutely have, and we have got a really exciting interview coming up on the other side of the song break, and. Christian Painter, who we got to speak to last week, we've got a great interview from him. He is a decathlete who is representing RMIT on an international scale, if you don't mind. He was at the World Championships along with our good mate at the show, Joel Baden, who is a high jumper for RMIT as well. So we'll be talking to Christian. It's a really great interview. He'll talk about decathlon. Did you know what decathlon was before we spoke to him?
1: Yes, luckily enough. Oh, very good. It is a series of 10 sports. I didn't know. I thought it was all at once, (laughs) admittedly, in my. But uh, as you go go on a little bit later on, you do learn. Yes, it's actually split split across a a multi uh, longer time scale than I guess. Initially. I'm glad I'm glad
0: it's over two days. I'm Josh. very glad that
1: wow. as I got older, I learned that's how it's done. Because uh, I think uh, what was it, mascot madness by Andy Griffiths? That kind of uh, <laughs> deceived me slightly when they talked about the decathlon in that particular book. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're a little bit far-fetched by books aren't they? They, <laughs> they try right. and sugarcoat a few things. like <laughs> The fact that you've got to try and do a 1500 and a pole vault on the same day, I think I think that'd be pretty unrealistic. But, but no, you've got you, to you be
1: an elite athlete for that, and we're very oh, happy do. for Christian to have a, have a word with her, and Michael to uh, talk about the, the ins and outs of that sport, and you're going to be hearing that later on. But uh, there's some things that are a bit bigger than sport, I think, Michael. There are. Uh, and this week, uh, Australia has become slightly less Australian after, uh, what, happened earlier this week in the passing of Olivia Newton-John. So I even know. here at the sports desk, mm. I think we're going to pay some tribute to the great lady herself. We wonderful are. woman, wonderful character. Here's Xanadu by Olivia Newton-John Very to kick well off done. your Friday morning. And uh, this is, is going to be a, a great remedy thing. incredibly grateful that the world was able to be graced by such a wonderful Australian, wonderful lady in Olivia Newton-John for so long. It's sad that we've lost her, age, uh, aged... Yeah, 73. 73. Yeah. An incredible advocate for women's breast cancer. Austin Hospital would be yes. a great achievement for her. But, of course, an incredible career as well on the, on the big screen and, and small screen. An iconic Australian. We're very, very thankful for Olivia Newton-John. And that's why we've kicked yeah, off yeah. the Sports Desk this week with Xanadu. Michael...
0: What a legend. What an absolute legend. Uh apparently she was a big blue bag of supporter growing up as well. So, um uh, fantastic to see her perform a lot of times at the Grand Finals. I think she did a Grand Final performance at ni- in 1986 and then she was back at the MCG in 2014. So she's got a long love affair for footy um and you know she's just as you mentioned an absolute amazing Australian icon and such such a beloved person in the community of the world, to be perfectly honest with you. So you will be sorely missed Olivia Newton-John, but your legacy will... Undoubtedly, live on for generations to come and beyond. So, very nice tribute there, Jason. Of course, you're on the sports desk with Jason and Michael. Sam, we believe, has slipped through his exp- express train station, so he's probably <laughs> at the depot at the moment. We and don't then, blame you. It is early, Sam. So it's very blame. early, um, but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this going, "Hey, I've been up since." <laughs> you know, what an incredible <laughs>
1: surprise would be if he walks through the studio and he's bright and, bright and bushy tail. Then we can go, "Yes, uh, yes, oh he my made god, it. he survived the ordeal. It'll be an incredible."
0: T- it'll be Incredible story. If he's got more energy than us, I'll be very impressed. But maybe so he got some. I. Maybe he got some good Z's on the train. Uh, we do not know. But one thing we do know is that there is plenty of news headlines to get through. And let's start Run with the tennis all. because Serena Williams, an emotional Serena Williams, has wiped away the tears after being beaten by 12th seed Swiss Belinda Benchik in Toronto. Of course, these are all the pre-tournaments. Leading up to the US Open, it comes days after the 40 year old announced her evolution into her life away from tennis she doesn't like using the word retirement jason she believes it's a bit of a, a backwards word not a, not a true reflection of the life that she's going to live outside of the game so she,
1: presumably to me that sounds like if you use the word retirement that is entailing that she's never going to play tennis again and that i think that sounds like she's probably just just not ruling that aspect of it out well
0: i think i think she's ruling out the competitive side of it like probably trying to strive for grand slam single grand slam titles but you know i think as far as as far as the word retirement's concerned she's such a lively person i think she's going to be in the mainstream for a lot longer and she wants to she wants to still be an advocate uh, for women's rights around the world and obviously for the um, black lives matter movement i I think she's still going to do so much more advocacy and she's going to be so actively involved in a lot of different causes that she's passionate about so she doesn't like the word retirement and i Totally don't blame her. She aims to grow her family and probably perform more on stage with Beyonce. I mean, the career post-tennis does look exciting for her. Uh, it has been a professional career, Jason, spanning over 27 years. She believes she picked up the racket earlier than three, if you don't mind. So she's been involved with the sport for so long. Um, since going pro in 1995, she has won 23 Grand Slam singles titles. And on the grand scheme of things, she's won behind Margaret Court in the women's game. Her most recent grand slam title was in australia she was 2 months pregnant at the 2017 australian open she aims to make this year's us open her last grand slam tournament so
1: finish it on home
0: turf yes she does so wouldn't it be a fairy tale if she equaled the all-time record for the women's game in her home tournament and i mean be it would be amazing.
1: possible one of, the, one of the best uh, female athletes in tennis history. She's she's a she's As a fighter. You just mentioned too. I...
0: Oh, she's a she's a fighter. She's a grunter, and pretty much all of <laughs> all of our life, we've been seeing her be hugely successful. Maybe bar the last three or four years where she's had children and she's had injuries, but it's an incredible. It's an incredible record and we are absolutely blessed that she has played in this Open era. Let's go to some more tennis news while we are on it. Nick Kyrgios has upset world number one, Daniil Medvedev, the Russian, during his second round clash at the Canadian Open on Thursday morning to progress through to the Round of 16 where he will face fellow Aussie, Alex Diminar, fresh from winning the City Open title in Washington, Kyrios's class was well and truly on show on the hard court. And once again, he has came back from a set down to win in three, six, seven, six, four, six, two. And of course, there was the usual antics, Jason. There was yelling at the player box. There was hitting balls out of the stadium. Gee, he always, he always keeps us guessing, doesn't he, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think I have any f- further comment on no, that No, I don't think you do I
0: mean, else, isn't it? Look, look, he gives himself a really good chance I mean, he would be close to being favourite for the US Open now that he's already won a a build-up tournament. He's already through to the round 16 and as we know, Novak Djokovic, due to his personal circumstances uh, with the vaccination, he won't be competing at the US Open. So it really does open up the draw for Nick and who knows, this might be the potential opportunity for him to finally win his first Grand Slam, so best of luck to him.
1: Especially in the form I guess he's in. Wimbledon final earlier this year and uh, just it's pretty much just going to be a case of uh, keep focused on court,
0: isn't it? Jason, it's unorthodox the way that he's doing it, True. but he is doing it and we got to praise him for that.
1: Hey, I did talk about it on the show when <laughs> we were talking about Wimbledon at the time. One of my favourite moments watching parts of that game was him shouting at, the, at his box and then going on to serve an ace, go back to shouting at them, <laughs> and then just serve an He's the very next serve. That is that. That's comedy gold to me. So yes, you are right. Unorthodox, but yep. if it works, I guess
0: we can't really be saying change it up if it is working, right? If it ain't broke. Exactly. Don't fix it. And, you know, he, he loves talking to the crowd. He even spoke to Ben Stiller once, you know. so That's <laughs> exciting. He clearly, doesn't, he clearly doesn't care the profile of the people in the crowd. He just wants to have a chat. He just wants to get them engaged. And at the moment, it's working, Jason.
1: Probably makes it a, quite the draw, too. And also, finally, shout-out, final thing we're going to talk about on the Commonwealth Games it has wrapped up. First thing first, being the metalhead that I am, how was that, Michael? <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne and Tony Iommi at the closing ceremony <laughs> playing "Paranoid." <laughs> <laughs>
0: You called this. Well, I I was... You played the song when we were speaking about the AFL.
1: Annoyingly, I didn't play the Black Sabbath song. I played Uh. a song by I Prevail, which was, I thought, let's be a bit topical. Sports Desk, they're modern, young and hip. So I'll play something from recently. I'm not going to go back to 1970, but we did play... (laughs) (laughs) But I did inform you. You didn't know that Ozzy Osbourne was from Birmingham until I came along.
0: It was very true. You've educated me a lot on that sort of genre of music, Jason, so credit (laughs) to... To no, no. you, shout out to and you, and I will
1: continue to as long as I'm in control of the buttons. Yes, uh, and also the Kookaburras seven gold medals in a row oh, in the hockey. Sheesh, and they they eked home another one in Birmingham. Man, I love the hockey,
0: Michael. Oh, isn't it great? And they absolutely thrashed the Indian team, didn't they? It was a big win in the end. I think seven, seven nil. nil was <laughs> the win. Jeez, oh, that's insane. Um, just quickly on all of this, uh, we do. Have to look at the gold medal tally just one last time because there was a few events still pending when we last went on air on Monday. So the official number for Australia in number one position, 67 gold, 57 silver, 54 bronze... 178 medals in total. England did come in pretty close, though, in the total medals. They were 176, 57 gold, 66 silver and 53 bronze. But it was the Aussies that win the Commonwealth Games medal tally of 2022. Pretty impressive. Come on, Aussie, come come on. on, Come on. on, Come come on, Aussie, come come on. I think it's time to
1: farewell the uh, Commonwealth Games. It was a great time covering. It was a great time watching it, and we'll be excited for when it becomes Melbourne Turf Hey, and regional Vic. We love that. And regional Victoria, too, so we'll be excited. We probably won't be around to cover it here for sin, but we will be glued by our TV screen. I was going to say, I hope we're around then. We we won't be in this specific (laughs) studio, but hopefully in some studio somewhere else we'll be able to cover it. We but are super But the way to farewell the Commonwealth Games is to have one final chat with an athlete within
0: the field of play. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody listening, this is Christian Painter, our superstar decathlete. Enjoy the interview. Welcome back to the Sports Desk on Sin, and we have a very special interview today. Of course, the Commonwealth Games are currently happening and there is plenty of gold medals up for offer in the remaining part of the Commonwealth Games but also the Aussies are doing extremely well. We've grabbed one of our absolute superstar RMIT elite athletes And he is joining us live in the studio today, Christian Painter, our champion decathlete. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, very excited. And for those people who um, are wondering what you're wearing, you uh, pretty much got an explanation on your shirt about what decathlon is?
2: Yeah, yeah, so I've got a few shirts and jumpers that pretty much just outline all the events. Uh, They're in a slight misorder, just that they (laughs) fit nicely, but, you know, I'll take it. Just quickly for
0: our audience, just run through all the different aspects of decathlon and then your favourite
2: and then your least favourite and where, where the yeah. golf is at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a series of 10 events over two days. You rock up on day one, you run your 100 metres, your long jump, do your shot put, usually get a bit of a break, come back and do your high jump and 400 to finish the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next day you rock up and do your 110 hurdles, discus, gruel through a pole vault because it always <laughs> takes forever uh, and then get a small break throw your javelin and then finish off with a 1500 um, in terms of my favourite I think high jump and javelin are, have always been my favourites yeah. it's pretty much what I started out with when oh, yeah. I started doing athletics Um mm-hmm. Oh, the worst. (laughs) Probably the 1500. It's it's just one of those ones where, you know, you either dig in and run really hard and run your heart out, or you run terribly. Yeah, there's no middle ground. There is no (laughs) in-between, which sucks. (laughs) That does. (laughs) What got you into it? Yeah, uh, well, I actually won my state high jump, Mm -hmm. went to nationals, uh, and then thought, you know what, I should probably train for this. Um, so I started training with a coach back in uh, Odonga and he was a very big multi-event fan and yes. kind of kept pushing me to just try some other events and try this and try that and yeah, eventually got me into it and yeah, I've rolled with it ever since, so that was like six and a half years ago now. Wow. Yeah, so it's been been a few years. Gee, absolutely. And as far as your journey at RMIT
0: is concerned, uh, what are you studying and and how did you get into competitions here at RMIT?
2: Yeah, so I'm doing a Masters of Data Science now, wow. um, and yeah, I've, in terms of competitions, I've just been ticking along with Union Nationals each and every year, um, it's been something I quite enjoy doing, and yeah. unfortunately I didn't make it to the individual events this year, but last year I went and picked up a few medals and i think i did like eight or nine events wow i think i <laughs> scored like half of rmit's uh, <laughs> athletics points
0: or something like that as far as like the the culture's concerned at the redbacks and and representing rmit nationally how, how's the experience been for you and how does it rate in the competitions
2: yeah it's pretty good it's um it's nice sort of you get there and everyone starts introducing themselves to you it's like oh you know i'm so-and-so, and I'm, yeah. I'm you know, going to be doing these events this week. And it's like, oh, nice. And then you sort of start following them on their journey as well. In terms of world competitions, it's probably doesn't mean quite as much, but you can still go there and get a good competition, mm. which is awesome. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And, and as far as the competition
0: standard as well, you know, are there are there a lot of competitors from other universities who are representing Australia or it, on the global scale?
2: Yes, yeah, so I think last year we were meant to have Cam McIntyre in our javelin comp yeah. who just went to World Championships, wow. um, but he unfortunately pulled out last minute. But you oh, do but get quite a few of the um, hmm. Oz representatives. I know Jemima Montag in the walk often makes it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's quite nice. And we were
0: talking uh, off air before about you know the the actual decathletes and, and sort of their relationships with each other and, and how they do support each other. Can you sort of give our audience a bit of an insight as to what the community is like of decathletes and, and how closely you follow each other's competitions and support each other?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's a really tight-knit community. Mm. Um, as I was saying before, once you kind of meet someone once, they are your friend for life, almost. Yeah, so how good. Um, we've actually got a massive group chat we've got going on. <laughs> that yeah, you know, last night we we're all watching the first first session of the decath. And ah, very good. we were absolutely chirping off at each other, getting really excited because <laughs> um, yeah, our boys started really well last night. So fantastic, fantastic. Um, well, we're recording this on a Friday, so you haven't actually had the
0: time to watch the current decathletes. But as far as an overall sort of outlook on the whole commonwealth games how how is this rated to some of the other ones that you've watched have you enjoyed the spectacle of birmingham put on a good show and as far as some of the athletes that you do know that are competing um how have have they went on the international scales
2: yeah so we we actually had our world champs uh, like two weeks ago yeah um so a lot of the guys are coming off the back of that yes Um, but they've been competing really well considering um i think we're looking like we're going to win a medal in the discus. Uh, our high jump women are going to probably go one and two. Wow. Um, which one of them just won Worlds. Um, our decathletes are looking really, really good. Mm. I think we're going to take at least two of the three medals. Um, in terms of previous years, I would say... I, I was not so excited to watch this one, and then as soon as it started, I was fully into it. I was <laughs> like, oh, we're doing amazing. How good. Um, the decathlete numbers are a bit low. I think we've only got eight competing this mm. year. You would have expected sort of more up around any 16, but uh, a lot of that's to do with having world champs so close. There was a 10-day gap, and so there's, I think, three guys backing up from Worlds who just... Yeah, you are know, going to be hurting. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> hurting big time, yeah. So
0: and, and so, your your world championships, I would imagine, were in uh, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So so, how was that experience for you, and um, and how did you end up going on a personal
2: level? Um, so yeah, the world chance was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I think we had a few world records that were just mind boggling. Whoa. Um, like I know, the four hurdles world record got dropped by like almost a second for the Gee, women. Yeah, wow. and then the the flat hurdles, the hundred hundred meter hurdles for the women. Yeah, uh, mm. dropped by point three of a second. So, like, it was huge. Jeez, wow. Yeah. So like, no one was expecting. It's just ran in the semifinal and shocked everybody
0: gee that's insane because I mean would you say it's it's the the sports science would you say it's just better
2: nutrition understanding more coaching Like, love to say it's the individuals but there has been a bit of an advancement in the shoes yeah, um, exactly. which has been a very big contentious point um, wow. particularly in the four hurdles I was listening to a podcast the other day and they are talking about Uh, For four hurdles, the shoes just give you that little bit more energy return that you can actually make the next hurdle in your same stride pattern instead of having to like stutter and switch legs. Wow. Hence why these guys are suddenly possibly able to run a lot faster. Uh. (laughs) I would say that they're still running very, very well. Yes. And, yeah, they've started chucking in sort of carbon fibre plates with, you know, the air bubbles Uh. um, and that sort of thing, which has been... Good, but also terrible. Like, they feel so much better, but they pop in about two months. Oh, you got to get no them replaced way. every single time. It, take us through what the cupboard looks like with the shoes. Uh, it's very, very big. Uh, <laughs> I would say I own at least 40 pairs of shoes. Oh, <laughs> my God. A lot of them are old, old worn-out ones that I probably need to donate Shit. or get rid of. Yeah. But um, yeah. then you've got to have your Birkenstocks, obviously. Of course, of course. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> And then, yeah, you know, I've got a pair of racing flats plus a pair of runners. Like, it just adds up very quickly. Now, as far as uh, the the Commonwealth Games is concerned,
0: comparing to the Olympics, would would you say that the the spectatorship numbers and even the interest in the Commonwealth Games are significantly lower, or have you sort of seen a bit of an opposite to that?
2: Yeah, I, I really would have thought the uh, expectation was dropping, but God, yes. I think England have done a really good job mm. at filling the stadium this one, and they wow. love their athletics. So, Jeez, you know, it was yes. probably the right place to have this Commonwealth Games to For really sure. help pick up the interest and the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and y- you can tell, like, the, the level isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the 100 metre was one with a 10.02 at comms, and it was uh, one with, like, a nine eight at world. so yeah, it's a significant difference, it is, but yeah. I think it's kind of a good stepping stone up to that um, World Champs level, so it's kind of, it's still good to have in there. I think it's just been poorly placed this year because of COVID, you, yes. know, you know, dropping the World Champs back to this year instead of last year. Mm. Um, but It's, I think it's still gonna be a good, a good spectacle to have and it, it's also about participation for some of those smaller countries which is nice, nice. Um, but it would be nice if they let Australia kind of fill out some more spots. How good have you
0: actually been to Birmingham yourself? Have you ever been there for a holiday
2: or competed there? I haven't no I was really hoping to be there right now of course. unfortunately of course. not
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean can you give us a bit of an insight as to maybe why that's the case?
2: Yeah so we can only take a max of three Australians per event uh, um, gotcha. and unfortunately I was fifth on the list. Ah uh, bugger um, so yeah I was kind of. of. of at the level where, you know, they might have been able to take me, but... I would have had to be, you know, the third best because Gee. they... That's competitive though, wow. Yeah, yeah. it was it, it is getting really competitive for us, mm. you know, we had one guy go to the Olympics in 2016 and he was the first dude for 16 years. Just one? Yeah, and then we just oh. had three at world champs, Wow. Uh, one of which pulled out and we had the depth to then send somebody else for Commonwealth Games. Uh, so. wow. Whereabouts
0: would you say you are in your in your competitive nature? I mean, obviously you're a very competitive athlete, you know. Where are you at the moment with with your development?
2: Uh, I would say halfway through. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm only 25. I've been doing it for six years yes. already. And, yes. I, like, there's a considerable difference from when I started to now. Mm. But uh, athletes tend to peak, you know, when they're... Th- 30, 29, 30, because like, it takes so long to learn everything. So for sure. I'd like to think I've got at least you know, another four or five years before <laughs> the I The best is yet to peak. come. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, I can look ahead for, you know, Melbourne or Victoria's Commonwealth Games would be yes. a great one to go to. We've got uh, another World Champs next year in Budapest, Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, and then paris olympics in 24 so i've got my eyes on all three of those and wow kind of see see if i can beat some of these other guys who are you know getting to their sort of getting up towards that 28 29 age range well christian it's been a pleasure as always having
0: you uh speak to us good luck with the rest of this year and and future years with your competition and again proudly representing australia and rmit in the decathlete thank you again christian thank you for having me it's been great big thank you to christian painter we'll be right back after this I'm on my
2: way home. Clark Griswold
0: on your Friday morning on the Sports Desk with Michael and Jason. That was the Hilltop Hoods. Absolutely love that song. National Lampoon vibes here on your Friday morning. Not the worst morning in Melbourne. A little bit of rain around, but we will persist. Jason, that was a great interview that we just did with Christian Painter, of course, an RMIT Elite Athlete Program student who is doing awesome things on the World stage at the moment in decathlon and decathlon is arguably one of the hardest disciplines uh in the athletics game, considering they've got to do 10 different sports over two days. It's a pretty impressive uh, kind of competition standard, but he is absolutely loving life. He's 25. As he mentioned, 30 is the peak age for a lot of decathletes, so he's still got a lot of growth to come. It's going to be exciting to follow Christian's journey over the next couple of years, Jason. Uh,
1: You you could hear him say it in the interview. He's fifth uh, out of the Australian squad, so uh, there's still a little bit more room to go and we'll hopefully see him uh, in uh, the melbourne commonwealth games in uh, 2026
0: yeah he's he's definitely eyeing that one off to keep the flavor on sport at rmit we've got a big weekend coming up in the women's big v basketball division two the rmit redbacks they went down to the altona gators uh in altona last week they went down 80 to 52 unfortunately for them, but fortunately for them, they do get to play a final at home this weekend at the RMIT Sports Centre in Bundura. That game kicks off at 7pm and they will be playing against the Gippsland United. And, uh, just for a bit of context, the Redbacks finished third on the league ladder and Gippsland finished one, two, three, four, fifth. So they have a bit of a task On their hands, Gippsland, if they want to upset the Redbacks at home, the women's have had a really great season finishing in the top three. But if they want their season to continue, Jason, they will have to upset, well, they'll have to keep their winning form going from the home and away season to beat the Gippsland United. So there will be a live stream for that game, which is very exciting indeed. And all RMIT students, uh, here's a call out to you. Get down, to Bandura on Saturday night for that it's uh, history in the making with the women's hoping to win their first ever final in their short history. <sighs> it's come, on the red backs. come on the Redbacks! Come on the Redbacks! Okay, backs. I'm not in charge. I, I'm not in charge of the buttons
1: every week. And uh, <laughs> th- we we actually learned during uh, while we, while Michael was in the middle of his little interview there he got a little text message saying that Sam had overslept and he missed Melbourne Central Station. He's actually going all the way out to the western suburbs yes, right that's now. True. I think it was from the Smooth Top Hoods that we were playing. I think it was. See, you, you can lull yourself to sleep in <laughs> on that metro train line. I'm
0: Sorry. pretty sure there's a scene in National Lampoons where uh, Clark loses track of his car, but <laughs> falls no, it, asleep. It happens. Happens all, to the best of us. All
1: is well, Sam. We'll hear from him again next week. Uh, yes. But in the meantime, because he's in charge of all the buttons, I've had to improvise. But we do need to talk round 22, so let's talk AFL.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, I feel like I'm back at the G. Gee, how long's that siren? It's a very long siren. Did oh. Sam fall asleep on the button there, did he? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's oh, doing it remotely from the train. No, I'm kidding. I don't understand. Maybe the umpire was very slow in calling oh, time. Because I didn't know this. The rule is that the siren plays until the umpire acknowledges that the time has expired. Yes. So the umpire must have been pretty lazy in that particular Maybe. instance. <laughs> Maybe. It's well, round let's, 22. breakdown. First game is St Kilda versus the Brisbane Lions. 7.50pm at Marvel Stadium. St Kilda came off a bit of a thrashing. A pretty academic loss, actually, to Geelong at GMHBA, whereas Brisbane Lions, they're coming down from the gabbertoir again, and again, the narrative, <laughs> them not winning in Melbourne is probably going to prop up again, but I think they're going to win this. That has to be one of the the best home and away names, the the gabbertoir for a stadium. <laughs> you know, is you, that you, a colloquial you, thing, or is that just a James thing on Mondays? I,
0: I think it is a colloquial thing. I, okay. I I have heard it a few in a few circles, and I mean, I think in Western Australia, they just call it... The fortress, don't they? I mean, they, they used yes. to call it Subi uh, yes. when they played in Subiaco. I'm not sure what they called Amy Stadium when it, when Adelaide used to play there. I think they called it the the Mad well, the Madhouse or something like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Pie Floater Stadium or something. But yep. yeah, no, it, it's it's one of the best names out there. But they won't be playing there this weekend. This will be at Marvel Stadium. And St Kilda have brought in uh, Jared Leanet, Nasiah Wanganin, Malira, and out Dan Hannabury He's being managed. It looked like he may have had a bit of hamstring sawness there. Josh Battle is injured and Zach Jones has been omitted. In for the Lions, Jack Payne and Jackson Pryor. Callum Archie, of course, from that big knock. Uh, with Paddy Cripps. He is injured. Uh, concussion, we believe. Marcus Adams is injured and Mitch Robinson has been managed. Interesting call there. Darcy Gardner plays his 150th game and you've said you've tipped the Lions here, have you, Jason? My tip is the Lions. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, the narrative of
1: them not winning in Melbourne is just going to come up again if St Kilda do it. But honestly, most of this is coming from I want to see what James's reaction will be on Monday if St Kilda lose it again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he won't be too happy. Look, I will tip the Lions here as well look the saints look they sit in ninth at the moment they've still got every chance to claw their way into the eight of course they need a lot of different results to go their way they need richmond to fall out they need the dogs to to lose their next two games so it's going to be hard for the saints but look destiny is partially in their own hands they just have to keep winning they were pretty poor against st kilda last week they had a couple of good moments but of course we know it's always a very difficult road trip to GMHBA Stadium, so the Brisbane Lions for me in this one.
1: I think in that instance there, you had, uh, it, was, it was a bit of a tricky one against St Kilda. Then he meant Geelong, listeners. He meant Geelong. <laughs> yes, it is. St it's Kilda sit place. ninth. You're telling me that if the Western Bulldogs lose their next two, St Kilda are in within a chance.
0: They're in with a chance, but St Kilda are going to have to beat Brisbane Lions and the Sydney Swans, and the Sydney Swans currently sit fourth, so it's going to be difficult.
1: Whilst the Western Bulldogs at one forty-five at Marvel Stadium the next day Correct. are taking on the GWS yes. Giants.
0: Yes, that's very true. However, Mark McVeigh has got the Giants playing some inspired footy. It is believed now that he is aiming to to put his had in the ring for the GWS job. We do know that Alistair Clarkson has been uh, interviewed by GWS along with North Melbourne. Maybe there's some late suitors there for Alistair Clarkson. Still seem to be believed whether Alistair will coach in 2023. He might still wait for the offer, potentially to coach Tasmania's first ever AFL team. We're unsure. But all we do know is that Mark McVeigh is at the helm at the moment for GWS Giants. They had a nice win against a pretty disappointing Bombers lineup. It must be said by 27 points, but in for the dogs, Lockie Hunter, Ryan Gardner, Stephen Martin, some big, literally tall names in for the dogs, except for Lockie Hunter. He's Pretty small. Uh, Alex Keefe is out, omitted again. A funny call. Uh, Bevo playing some tricks there. Josh Bruce has been managed. Riley Garcia out as well, along with Toby McLean, who was the MIDI sub. In for the Giants. Callum M. Brown, Jake Steen and out. Brandon Pruce, James Petling and Toby Green all injured. Gee, Toby Green, that's a big out for the that Giants. That is a
1: big out. And, you know, your keystone of the GWS football club or the Orange teams, Kelly Underwood would say. <laughs> Western Bulldogs v GWS is one of those modern rivalries, so both teams will want to stick it up each other. Uh, Western Bulldogs at home for me, but you know what? I won't be surprised considering uh, the new refound rejuvenation, if you will, from GWS mm. with the, the new. Uh, so it's only Mark Mavey, only an interim coach at this point, correct? Yes, yes, yes he, okay.
0: is. he is. Uh, James Hurd is also in the coach's box. We and also mentioned Dean, mention Solomon, Dean Solomon. So lots of goodness in ex- there. It's a grim time to be an Essendon fan like Michael and myself,
1: yes. but uh, Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs have got a bit more to play for. I'll back them in the Scraggers. Yeah,
0: they're, they're certainly rubbing in uh, Himalayan salt into the veins, that's for sure. But Western, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a more orangey tinge. Thank you, Jason. I'll uh, hold your applause for later. Yeah, Western Bulldogs for me in this one uh, should hopefully get a good crowd down to this game. Come on, Saturday afternoon, footy Western Bulldogs fans, get on down, support your doggies. And uh, I'll I'll be looking, like over the week, uh, Matt DeBoer, really great servant for the GW. US football club and the Fremantle football club uh, has announced his retirement so he's been a really good servant and yeah certainly the GWS Giants will look to wish him off well and uh, a great negating great tagger uh, in the game and, and shut down some of the best players in our modern game so well done to Matt DeBoer on a really
1: proud career. Certainly so Adelaide Oval, two ten on Saturday. Adelaide Crows versus North Melbourne. Ah, this is just something to do if you're in Adelaide, I guess. Uh, Adelaide going in favourites and, uh, well, oh, gamble responsibly. Adelaide <laughs> versus North Melbourne. It's, yes. gonna, it's probably Adelaide comfortably, isn't
0: it? I think so. They bring back Riley Philforp and Tom Duday uh, out for the Crows. Ben Davis, Elliot Himmelberg and Will Hamill uh, in the for North Melbourne. This is the one of the biggest sins, I believe, of this round. And as we talk about it transcends footy. Ben Cunnington, he's recovered from a spout, a very bad spout of cancer, and he is back yep. in the North Melbourne squad. Ben. He's had to battle COVID as well. He was ready a number of weeks ago, but unfortunately that struck him down. But it's such a beautiful I, I urge all listeners out there to go and watch the footage of him getting named in the side, Lee Adams there. Uh-huh interim coach he he says ben cunnington you are in all the boys get around him it's one of the best news stories of the year definitely some good news needed at arden street so it was a fantastic in and a fantastic to see so good luck ben cunnington he also played alongside josh p kennedy last week in a practice match at arden street of course both of them uh you know long servants of their clubs, and, and Josh P. Kennedy, he's retired. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into the Swans game, but it was great to see both of them post-game together. Um, they're just, you know, heartthrobs of those clubs. Ben Mackay comes in, Jackson Archer comes in, Flynn Perez, Hugh Greenwood, Jason Horn, francis and was Josh dropped, Walker admitted. Yes. Correct, he's been dropped, and this was going to be his first opportunity in North Melbourne Colours in the AFL to go and play a game in Adelaide, so I find it... A little bit The bizarre. first draftee. Yes, from South Australia originally. So his family, right. his friends would have been at that game. And he has been dropped. So I'm not sure if it's a form-related thing or whether this is a bit more of a, a cultural stance on him, but it seems pretty stiff to me, Jason.
1: But Then again, it is, I kind of understand the uh, criticism that it is a bit weird that we're centering a football club around the number one draft pick yeah. who's a, a young kid. So a lot of pressure. That is way too much pressure. That's, I think, that's a little bit misguided. I would say to be have that be your central point. Uh, Adelaide, yeah, it's yeah. going to probably be an Adelaide. Victory. I Hey, this is one of those instances, though, where you'd rather be happy than right. Yes. So if North can pull it in for Ben Cunnington, I will applaud hear, hear. happily.
0: Hear, hear. I'm absolutely in agreement with you on that one. Let's go to Saturday Twilight Football. Gold Coast Suns up against the Geelong Cats. This one is at Metricom Stadium. For the Suns, they bring in Sam Day and Sam Flanders. It's a Sam avalanche there for the Suns. Jeremy Sharp, Nick Holman and Rory Atkins all out for the Gold Coast Suns. In for the Cats, if you don't mind, Gary Rohan. Joel Selwood, Mark Blitzarves and Patrick Dangerfield. Have a look at those ins. My word. They're just the ins. Geez. They're just the ins. Isaac Smith has been managed. Jonathan Segler is a medisub. Luke Dalhouse has been omitted. Mark O'Connor has been managed for a young player. That's pretty impressive for the Cats. And Mitch Duncan also managed as well. Zach Calfrey plays his 50 games. Gee, that came around pretty quickly. Uh, Cats for me in this one, but uh, the Suns have a funny knack of knocking off the Cats in seasons gone by. But cats in pretty ominous form at the moment
1: this sounds like to me the way Brad uh, not Brad Scotty's on the Players Association is Chris Scott, Chris who's Scott. somehow cool. regarded as one of the best home and away coaches of the Bond game, which is an interesting mm. thing considering no premierships apart from his first year. Yes, this is. It sounds like all he's really doing is just rotating the cast and keeping everyone fresh and keeping every, it's almost like a training schedule to a certain extent. Yeah, it's almost way. like a musical as well, is isn't being it? Managed. Yeah, <laughs> the list is being managed in such a way that it's so everyone gets a run, but everyone mm. is. Well, I guess that's what what the term "managed" is for. But uh,
0: well, well those those uh, those fans who know musical theatre nine to five, Dolly Parton's uh, amazing <laughs> play. They they did a little bit of a Chris Scott recently. They they pulled Eddie Perfect out last minute, <laughs> and uh, and a lot of Eddie Perfect's fan uh, fans were not happy about that. So uh, Chris Scott might have a, a future in uh, in Broadway potentially after <laughs> after his uh, coaching career. But yeah. Geelong, putting,
1: for me. Geelong are putting on Broadway performances each and every they week. certainly are. Geelong will pull it out. But let's see if the Gold Coast can make it competitive at Metricon. They've been... They hold. They
0: hold quite a stronghold there. They do. They do. They've been a lot better this season, so it's it's definitely been a pass mark for the Suns. But I think looking to the future, better seasons to come from them. By the way, just a qu- quick couple of words on Isaac Rankin. Uh, he's he's been his name's been floated as a trade option for Adelaide. They they look like they'll be paying him if he does go to the Adelaide Football Club. It's going to be about a million dollars a year. So, do you think that's a, a bit to for a guy who hasn't really hit his consistent straps yet.
1: I'm going to reserve my judgment. I I'm going to let it play out. I no, don't have enough. too. I don't have too much uh, knowledge in that Oh look, one. He's,
0: he's a self Australian boy. He, he'd be right. he'd be a guy you'd want at your club. But just whether they're paying overs for him or not, that's seen to be believed. Let's maybe head... they're seeing
1: thing untapped potential
0: that we can't potentially Saturday night football at the MCG. Get pumped up for this. Could be a grand final preview potentially if things go well for these two clubs. Might be a bit ambitious, but <laughs> Melbourne play <laughs> Carlton. Oh, Melbourne play, Carlton. There are no changes for the Ds except James Harms goes out as the medie sub. But for the blue baggers, Liam Stocker, Mark Pitane are in. Out, Patty. Dow omitted, Tom Deconing omitted and Will Setterfield omitted which of course means... But Michael that,
2: where's Cripps?
0: Where's Paddy Cripps? I'll tell you where he is he is successful at the tribunal if you don't mind he has successfully overturned, overturned the original judiciary verdict on a two game ban and he's he's free to play this weekend the 27 year old's airborne collision with which left Brisbane's Calamarchie with concussion was graded as careless, high impact and high contact, but Cripps has got a good legal team, Jason. They argued that it was a denial of natural justice because the AFL Tribunal Chairman, Jeff Gleeson, hang with me for this one, failed to give directions to the jury on Tuesday night before they retired to consider their verdict. Now, uh, Cripp's legal team uh, believe that they created confusion by effectively stating that Cripps' action was to bump and... This is the quote. In the absence of even Mr Cripps being asked if he wanted to bump his opponent, the chairperson later postured... Can you bump and contest at the same time? So that big question was the one that was prompted to the audience, and guess what? He has been let off his two-game suspension, so very big result for the Bluebaggers. They have their captain for the rest of the home-and-away season, Jason.
1: Much needed, too, because they're in dire straits right now. This game's do or die. Oh, I you're mean, this, the finals campaign, you might need to kiss it goodbye if they fall to Melbourne today. Maybe you could maybe get some last gasps, I guess next week? Potentially. But this one's a big one. Even if they go down, if they go down well and they give it their all, at least maybe there'll still be that little fleeting. Uh possibility of, well, fleeting hope, I guess. There's still going to be that hope that resonates in uh, down at Ligon Street. But the Ds, they, well, hey, I was the one who picked Collingwood to beat them yes, last week. you did, you did. Uh, I'm stumped, Michael. What are you going to do? Uh, I
0: think I'm going to tip Melbourne. Um, it's a tentative one because they're not exactly I'm the same force not, they used to be. I, no, no, they're not, and I'm not confident. And look, to be honest, when the Blues forward line was up and about, about midway through the year, I'm like, I can't wait to see this game because Melbourne's back line versus Carlton's forward line, this is just a succulent, succulent, um, you know, lineup. So, look, I am going to tip the, the D's in this one, but not overly confident, Jace. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that is
1: making me really doubt picking the Melbourne was seeing all those stats that Melbourne were able to curate in their game against Collingwood and look where it got them. So it's going to be all about efficiency here. If Melbourne are efficient, they'll do it. But Carlton, yeah, you're not wrong. Their forward line is a scary sight. It certainly is.
0: Going to be a great uh, game. So if you're in, if you're in Melbourne, go and watch this game, Jason. I still think Carlton will make finals. Yeah, I I believe they uh, will too. But I don't know if they'll win this week. Melbourne, move on, move on, move okay, on. Okay, here the we Derby, go. Fremantle, West Coast, Fremantle. Yeah, this is another good Saturday night game. Yeah, Fremantle Fremantle. for me. Sam Swiskowski comes in. Liam Henry, Matt Tamina out. Hugh Dixon, Jackson Nelson, Josh Rotham all in for the Eagles. Bailey Williams, Josh J. Kennedy, of course, retired. Tim Kelly and Willie Rioli all out. Yep, Fremantle for me on this one. Fremantle. Let's get to the Sunday action. It is Richmond versus Hawthorne. Uh, This is, of course, uh, one of Ben McAvoy's final games. After his 250th game, he has announced his retirement. One of the great players and lovable guys in our game. Ivan Solder, Ryan Mansell, and Shane Edwards all come in for the Tigers. Of course, these are extended lists being a Sunday. Daniel Howell, Jack Saunders, Jackson Callow, and Liam Shields all in for the Hawks. Out Sam Butler. Jack Saunders a chance to make his debut. Quickly, what's your tip on this one?
1: What do you I actually want to question you a little bit. What do you do you see Hawthorne as someone who Uh, a team that is probably a a high potential for breaking the hearts of some final campaigns? I think
0: so. I think so. Absolutely. They were in some really good form this time last year, and they drew with Richmond, who could have
1: Sean Burgoyne's last game.
0: Unlikely have won that game, and it may have opened up the possibility of them playing finals if results went their way. So they are. They do have a happy knack at Hawthorne. So... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they beat the Tigers, but I will tip the Tigers in this one. More to play for. Richmond were a lot more
1: academic last week against Port. I've got to stop making noises now. <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to be... It's a tough uh, round of tips. This one I'm going to just be contrarian for the sake of it. I'll go Hawthorne. Good I on have, you. I have absolutely no confidence that they'll do it, but why not? Let's make it a little bit interesting.
0: Look, if Richmond are up in the final quarter by 20 points, uh, you can almost guarantee Hawthorne win. <laughs> <You can>
1: even? <laughs> say that about Sydney too, because yes,
0: they've got Collingwood can. at the SCG. Game of the round for me, Jason. Oh. I am excited about this. I think the capacity for SCG is about 40 plus thousand, so Sydney siders, pack the stadium for this. I want another grandstand finish here, because the Pies, they're in some incredible form. They bring back Callum Al Brown, Oliver Henry, and Will Kelly. No outs at this point, but apparently there's been a little bit of fever or some sickness going through the camp at the Pies. There was a couple of players who couldn't do their training a little bit earlier in the week. So this is a bit of a watch this space. They're bringing in reinforcements. Apparently Ash Johnson was one of the players who was sick, hence maybe why they're bringing in Oliver Henry. Might be reading in between the lines here, but... Pies are looking good. Braden Campbell, James Bell, Peter Laddams, Will Gould for the Swans all come in and Ben Ronk, the Medi sub, will make way. Will Gould might be a potential for his first game. Isaac Heaney playing 150 games. Jace one of the harder games to tip who have you got here this is
1: a tough one especially considering what i dropped on monday so hopefully michael at some point will be going on our instagram uh, that uh, sports desk mm-hmm. scene yes. because there is now fo- there is footage of me staring right into it. We, have, we put our cameras in the studio for our, for the video content <laughs> did, that you love did. to see over on our socials and I we pointed it. to it and when Collingwood will make the prelim, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. You did. But I did also say that uh, uh, Collingwood will lose at least one game before the season ends. Whether that's a final, whether that's home and away, I have no idea. But this is the one that sounds the most plausible to me that they might drop.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough one to do. It honestly. really is. I...
1: <laughs> I really do want to see Carl, uh, not Carlton. Again, I want to see Carlton make the finals. I'd love to see an elimination between Carlton and Collingwood if they if the amazing. ladder lines up in such a way.
0: I mean, Collingwood uh, are top two at the moment, Jace. They're looking very, the ladder, very good. Eleven in a row. Can they make a twelve? Sydney. If Sydney win their next two and have some their likely contenders. results, they could finish top two as well their and get a home final. So I think at that point. they're very dangerous too. Uh, I'm going to tip. The pies. I I'm. Oh. I'm going to go the pies. They just. They keep winning. Uh, I just think they're just going to keep winning. I do too. You're tipping the pies.
1: I'll go Sydney. Yeah, oh, there you go. I'll go Sydney. Wow. I'm not confident in that in the slightest. No. And it's going to be another case of if you're wrong, yes,
0: you'll be happy rather than right. that's right. That's right. And again, if if that sickness does turn out to be true, uh, it could be tough for them. The players, uh, uh, uh. We'll see what happens. And final game of the round. Uh, this uh. is 4.40 at Marvel Stadium. The Bombers up against the Power. Dylan Schill, Joy Caldwell, Nick Bryan, Tom Cutler, Zach Reed all come in for the Dons. Harrison Jones has been omitted and Will Snelling is injured for the Power. Mm. just Jackson Mead, Mitch Giorgiades, Ollie Lord, Todd Marshall, Trent Dumont is all in and out. Brian Teagle and Robbie Gray managed. I don't know why you're getting managed Robbie the second last game That's of the year. That's very, very... Strange indeed, particularly considering power probably out of the running for finals. I'm going to tip the Dons on a Sunday evening at Marvel Stadium. Not confident at all, but Herbatron got to respond a, after last Herbatron
1: week. Herpatron had a very strong opinion about a 4:40 start time. Essendon and V power at Marvel Stadium. Yes. Uh, oh god. I, partially, I want to go power because you know Todd Marshall and ins like that sound very dangerous. Very but, dangerous. Uh, <laughs> do I want to back the bomb? Uh, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's my club, Essendon, fine.
0: Very good. That's all we've got time for for the AFL, and that's all we've got time for for our show. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today to the Sports Desk. A big shout-out to Christian Painter, our RMIT elite athlete, for joining us on the show for that amazing interview. You can listen to all of that and much, much more on our Spotify account. Episodes will be live today, so make sure you listen to those. Follow us on our socials, Sports Desk Sin, for all the news and the tips so you can see what all the other presenters had to say. Jason, it's been a pleasure.
1: It's been a pleasure, Michael. I can't let go of this closing ceremony thing any more than I possibly can. So this is how we're ending. Black Sabbath Paranoid, because I can. We had Ozzy Osbourne there. Come on, what a surprise that was. That's how we're ending the sports test right now. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram as well. There'll be a bit of content going on there
0: very soon. See you on Monday.